What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. To lay out the groundwork for today's discussion, there's a thing that happens in the free market called the law of supply and demand. Essentially, it's the idea that when there's a lot of something available and that amount of availability is less than the amount of people who want that thing, then there is a surplus of that thing, an excess of availability, and in turn, it is worth less. And that is how the free market will then have an effect on the price of that thing with discounts or lowered pricing in general until the demand increases or at least matches either by that new price being attractive to a whole new group of people who were priced out of that range before or with existing people willing to buy more quantity of that thing. Either way, the net result will be somewhat of an equilibrium where price figures out what the market can bear if the source of the supply remains the same and or is in excess and demand will adjust until the supply meets it as the price is forced to go down. And all this can either go in one direction or the other. The demand can have an opposite effect, especially where demand exceeds the amount of supply available, which in making the thing now coveted and rare can bear a higher price than its original sticker. And without getting too technical into the supply and demand curves and where equilibrium meets, just understand that there's this relationship between it. And I just wanted to call on the idea of how supply and demand works and its essential effect on what price or what implied value there is. And many times, to increase perceived value, supply can be manipulated. Think about Rolex or think about really rare car companies only coming out with a few models. Supply can be manipulated to make something rare or limited. And scarcity is a huge psychological influencer, which can manipulate the desire of people even. Even if something isn't the greatest, if you just position it like it's rare, like you do these fast fashion drops of Supreme or any of these rare sneakers or something that comes out in limited fashion designed to have a lower supply than a demand that it might meet. Scarcity can be a huge way to manipulate that desire of people, which can have this huge effect on price going up. Can have secondary markets. Think about the PS5, still not available in stores. Now, because we know that this law is universal and doesn't just apply to pricing or goods in the traditional sense, I wanted to talk today about how this is an under-discussed facet of effective relationships and how managing this balance can be the determining factor in relationship currency in the price value implied value of that relationship, which is hopefully the productive basis by which an exchange of value can be had for as long as possible and how this supply and demand curve has an effect on this determining factor of relationship currency. What we don't realize is that the more available we are, the less each moment of our presence is worth. The more readily we express our opinion, the less value of those words uttered. The higher count of words in a sentence, and that's usually 
masking what the person failed to understand and say simply, concisely, and thus cheapening each words and its attempt to get to the core of the message, essentially burying the lead in a shroud of blurts. And unless you're actively engaging in a brainstorming session with the strategic goal to speak without being concise or precise in an attempt to actually formulate your thoughts and be unfiltered, unless you're doing that, less is usually more. Essentially, the more supply of anything without a match and appetite to consume it will lower its value. And you can't control the appetite. That's where the free market comes in. So all you can do on your end is control the supply. And this is also implied in the colloquial saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. We tend to feel the value of something in its off-season, as sad as that is. Do you think people living in the most beautiful places in the world appreciate it as much as the person who had it on their bucket list to visit there, or even your average vacation-goer? And this fact has troubled me in many ways because it presents a huge dilemma. It really imposes on you a limitation of how much enjoyment can be enjoyed. There is a curve of enjoyment in everything. The last bite of chocolate cake doesn't taste as good as the first bite of chocolate cake. And somewhere in the middle, maybe 10 bites in, maybe 10 bites away from finishing it, is the peak of enjoyment the place where it's most valuable to you. And each bite after that is diminishing in its pleasure. So I've lived in California where I appreciated the sun every day and the beautiful pink sunsets. But friends of mine who lived there for 20 years were like, yeah, that's regular. So I think there is this curve where the most beautiful thing can become mundane to you and lose its flavor. And I'm sure all this is intertwined with anticipation and dopamine but that's beyond the scope of what I'm discussing today. The point being, there is a place where you go with everything. And because the stakes are higher in relationships than in managing the enjoyment of your next meal or the next sunset, and I couldn't help but point out this balance that we must teeter on to keep the mystery alive while we increase the intimacy. And too much mystery and you're strangers and on the edge with each other and can't let your hair down or progress into any depth and too much intimacy, and you're like siblings with an unfiltered display of all your uglies. And the harshest part for me to accept about this is that it applies to everyone and, of course, everything. There are no exceptions with anyone, no matter how close they are with you. To maintain a relationship that continues to have effective communication, there needs to be a baseline of value that must be established and then maintained. And there are times to maintain the value, you must withdraw or withhold or simmer your input until the supply of your presence and opinion is lessened, is less available, and the desire or demand for your opinion now from the other end feels the missing of it and seeks it themselves actively themselves willingly. Too much supply and that desire is blunted. And luckily, very little of this has to be manipulated or actively managed. 
because the energy of receptiveness or its opposite is felt on your end and your offered supply will adjust accordingly. You may feel someone isn't looking at you in their eyes or you might feel snubbed by the last opinion you gave that wasn't well received and you'll adjust accordingly. But this is also where many of us meet disappointment and hurt and confusion. So instead of just being naive and unaware or learning it after the fact, this is a thing to manage proactively. Your mystery, your supply. And it's also a good place to start and audit when you find yourself in an ineffective position in a relationship. And there are a lot of other dynamics and variables that can affect your value in that relationship. But a place to start increasing it across the board is to take some chips off the table, lower your availability, go back to the drawing board, even for yourself, recoup, grow, change, actually increase your value, evolve, and then when in an engagement with that relationship again, you might find that there will be a natural uptick in attention given, value felt and effectiveness restored. Love you, family. Stay true. See you in the next show.